Hi everyone and welcome back to the Girl Talk of podcast. I'm your host Rachel and today is a very exciting episode. We are closing out on season one. I cannot believe how quickly this year has gone by and I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest. Her name is Joelle Ray Alexander and she is a senior vice president for transformational giving at Covenant House International. Covenant House provides housing and support services to young people in need, currently reaching 50,000 youth every year. Joyelle's career in industries ranging from higher education to healthcare has been marked by executive experience in sponsor partnerships, marketing communications, and strategic leadership. Previous leadership roles were held by Joyelle at Centini Corporation, a large multi-line managed care company, WellCare Health Plans, and the State University of New York System Administration, the largest public university system in the U.S. As Assistant Vice Chancellor of Public Relations, Joelle handled oversight of enrollment processes resulting in access policies and programmatic enhancements impacting more than 400,000 students, domestic and international. Joelle received the Excellence in State Service Award from the New York State Office of the Governor and the Visions of Her Life Award by the NAACP as a visionary and dedicated to improving the quality of life for all. Joelle is a member of the 9-11 Day Board of Directors, a past board member of the College Board NYS Legislative Affairs Committee, and a Better Chance Inc. of Williamstown, Massachusetts. Joelle is a graduate of the State University of New York College at Brockport, earned the Master's in Science, Strategic Marketing Communications, and the Gabelli School of Business at Fordham University, and is certified in Thoughtful Leadership Coaching, the Gabelli School of Business. I'm really excited for you guys to listen and learn more. So with that being said, let's get into the episode. Thank you so much, Joelle, for joining us. Um, I'm really excited to learn about your role at Covenant House and learn a little bit more about what you do. I would love to know kind of what Covenant House is and who and how do you guys serve? Thank you so much, Rachel. It's such a pleasure and an honor really to be with you today on this podcast, Girl.gov. I think it's amazing. So yes, my name is Joyelle Ray Alexander and I'm the Senior Vice President for Key Relationships and Transformational Giving, which is a super long title with Covenant House International. Um, My role is to essentially drive and lead our relationships and donor support Uh, giving, representing five, six, seven, eight-figure gifts to support the great work that we do at Covenant House Helping Youth. Wow, that's a good role. I think that's, I mean, (laughs) it's my dream job. It really is. I love it. I'm having so much fun. It's really terrific. I know that you spoke a little bit about your role. How does that kind of play into the overall mission of Covenant House and like the resources that you guys provide as well? Sure. So Covenant House has served and advocated for young families and youth experiencing experiencing homelessness. And we'll we'll kind of talk about the distinction between, you know, homeless and experiencing homelessness. So we serve youth experiencing homelessness, human trafficking, and exploitation. And we've done that for the past 49 years. Our overarching goal is to end homelessness among youth and young families, which means helping young people achieve housing stability, heal from trauma, tap into their innate resilience and hone their interests and skills to help create new partnerships to independence. At at Covenant House, we like to say, Rachel, that our North Star is a continuum of care through unconditional love, absolute respect and relentless support. That's really important. I think that's a very like vital role to play in someone's life. And I, I would love to kind of know like what inspired you to join, what brought you to Covenant House? You know, um, I actually have a personal connection to two very important people in my life who experience homelessness. One is a family member and another is a dear friend, a childhood friend. In each instance, through no fault of their own, just like the young people who come through the doors of Covenant House, they each ended up experiencing homelessness and entered into this kind of vortex and journey. And each of them were relatively unsupported throughout that process. 
and very much isolated and alone and did not have the benefit of a covenant house. So having that kind of personal connection to two very dear people um, in my life who've experienced homelessness gave me a level of understanding, of empathy, and I wanted to be part of a movement of an organization um, that central to its mission was to help care and support uh, young people um, experiencing homelessness. And when, when I, I wanna say also, Rachel, that last year alone, Covenant House, we reached 50,000 children and youth across 31 cities and six countries throughout the United wow. States, Canada, and Latin America, exactly. And we did that through residential and support services, drop-in programs, outreach initiatives, and public education. More than 1,600 of our young people obtained employment. And we're so proud of that because, you know, foundational to the work that we do is this continuum of care, ultimately helping these young people, helping all of our young people get onto that transitional path to independence. That's, that's like the ultimate, ultimate goal that we have um, for our young people. That's so important in a lot of organizations like that continuum of care, like you said, it's one thing to provide resources is another thing to make sure that like people are actually able to utilize those resources and continue those. So I think that's amazing what you guys do. And you bring up kind of a good topic, but I I do want to know what locations you guys do serve just for people listening. Absolutely. We're in Alaska. California, Florida, uh, Georgia, Chicago, or or actually throughout Illinois, Michigan, Missouri, New Jersey, New York, New Orleans, Pennsylvania, Texas, Vancouver, Toronto, Washington, Guatemala, Mexico, and Honduras. So I don't don't think I left anyone out, but um, if, if I did, Go to covenanthouse.org and you can see all of our all of our sites. But we we are in 31 cities across six countries. That's amazing. And I kind of wanted to go back. I think it's amazing that you have that personal connection and that's what brought you or drew you to Covenant House. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the topic of homelessness being a little sensitive, being kind of a hard conversation to have with people. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that's still a hard topic to speak about? You know, I think it's because most folks don't understand how someone ends up on that path or experiencing homelessness or Mm -hmm. or experiencing houselessness, right? You know, it's really just a lack of exposure, a lack of education, a lack of understanding. So, you know, again, Rachel, thank you for this opportunity today because it, it provides that opportunity to help educate folks. And I think, I think there's also perhaps an element of fear, you know, what kind of almost like, who are these young people or who are these youth? You know, how did they end up in my community? What impact will it have on my community? And so a lot of those questions drive the sensitive nature or lack of understanding of who these young people are. And and unless you're, you know, someone like myself um, who's had direct experiences with two really wonderful people in my life who are now independent and doing extremely well, yet they experience homelessness, either you attach yourself through giving through an organization such as Covenant House, or you become employed um, at a place like Covenant House, and then you begin having that exposure, that understanding, and at the end of the day you recognize that the young people that we serve at Covenant House, they're just like anyone, right? Mm -hmm. They have needs, they have visions, they have goals, there are things that they want to accomplish. They ended up experiencing homelessness and entering into a place of need and shelter Mm -hmm. through no fault of their own. Either it was a mental health situation or perhaps it was a domestic violence situation. There are just so many instances when we talk about homelessness. And if you don't mind, Rachel, I'd like to just kind of share some some statistics as part of that education for our audience today. Of course. One in 10 young adults between the ages of 18 to 25 experience a form of homelessness in a year. Wow. That's 
3.5 million young adults, half of which the prevalence involves couch surfing. And even young people who enter into an experience of homelessness, experiencing, you know, couch surfing in their mind may not be homelessness, right? They may not think that they're homeless. Oh, I'm just hanging out at, you know, my friend's house or the parents of my best friend, just like what happened with with my dear childhood friend said, oh, okay, they can stay here and we've got an extra room or we have a couch that they can stay on. Mm -hmm. And that, that one week becomes two weeks, becomes several months, becomes a year. So again, with the statistics, one in 30 adolescent minors, 13 to 17, experience a form of homelessness in a year. So that's 700,000 youth, a quarter of which the prevalence involves couch surfing only. So in total, we're talking 4.2 million. I mean, just like that number is is just astounding. 4.2 million young people experience homelessness in a given year. 73% of youth between the ages of 13 to 25 who experience homelessness over a 12 month period reported that that period lasted more than a month. 42% experienced two or more episodes of homelessness. And then also when we think about unmarried, you know, parenting youth, you know, because Mm -hmm. we we have youth who, you know, are unmarried or end up pregnant and have a child and, and bring that child into that experience of homelessness. So unmarried youth had a two 100% higher risk of reporting homelessness. Youth with less than a high school diploma or GED had 346% higher risk than their peers who completed high school. I mean, these are just, you know, every time I, I say these statistics, it's always very jarring. And then we talk about income and economic stability. So youth reporting annual household incomes of less than $24,000, they had 162% higher risk of reporting homelessness. Hispanic and non-white youth had a 33% higher risk of experience homelessness. Black or African-American youth had an 83% higher risk of reporting homelessness. And then our LGBTQ Um, youth had 120% higher risk of reporting homelessness. So in total, when we reflect and we begin to understand that that young person sitting next to you on the bus or that young person, you know, sitting alone at McDonald's is also potentially experiencing homelessness. They're literally, these young people, they're literally right in front of us. So it's opportunities like this today, Rachel, that you're providing me and Covenant House to really begin to educate folks around the alarming need and the Mm -hmm. trauma that these young people experience. And if we can play a role in outreaching and providing support to these young people and providing that continuum of care, providing that support, which is anchored on you know, unconditional love, absolute respect, relentless support, we can begin to to kind of change the needle and Mm -hmm. in in essence, make the world a better place, right? Make the world a better place because, you know, we're, we're servicing and we're providing the support to young people who eventually our hope will become independent and contributors to their communities and, Mm -hmm. and the society overall. Yeah. And I, I just, I have so many questions because like those, (laughs) those statistics are so alarming. I think you can really tell that these communities are really at risk and there are people like Covenant House is like what we need and more people to be supportive and more so just understanding. You bring up a good point of like seeing someone who might be alone at McDonald's, like you, you don't know what they're experiencing. And I think a big, big portion of that too, is like when you're at school, like when you're at school, you don't know what these people are going through. And I think for me, I think my initial thought, when I think of homelessness, I think of adults. And so Mm -hmm. I think that might be something that other people also initially think of, because you want to think and hope that like, 
kids and young adults have that support. That should just be there for them, which is really unfortunate that those statistics are so high because that shows that that's obviously not the case. And I definitely want to get into like some of those resources. I know your guys' mission. I know how important it is to have that continuum of care. How does that kind of work as far as like outreach and like actually connecting with these people? That, that's a really fantastic question. I appreciate that. And, you know, when we talk about the continuum of care that, mm-hmm. that we provide at, at Covenant House, when our young people come through our doors, we're not, you know, kind of barraging them with a bunch of questions. What happened? How did you get here? Our initial questions are centered around, do you need something to eat? Do you need to take a shower? Do you need some water? Do you need something to drink? So that's literally where we start. Because as you just said, Rachel, you know, you you have no idea of what led that young person to our front door covenant house. So we're there and we have a wonderful, wonderful intake staff at every single one of our residential sites. The immediate needs of our young people is a priority, more meals safe beds, showers, but the crisis care team involves so much more than that. It's also about building that foundation of safety and trust. So often eroded, you know, in the lives on the streets. I've, I've heard stories and testimonies from alumni of Covenant House who have talked about being suspicious of you know, someone saying, oh, we have a place for you. It's called Covenant House, and this is what we do, and and we want to make certain that you're okay. We've had stories of alumni who said to us, it's taken months, sometimes years mm-hmm. of being approached by one of our wonderful outreach team members or someone from our intake because of the lack of trust that's eroded from someone, a young person who has faced and and has experienced trauma. Mm -hmm. So we recognize that when a young person comes to us, they're everything that we do. Our continuum of care is grounded and rooted in understanding that trauma-induced experiences require great care, sensitivity, and understanding. So Mm -hmm. That's kind of where we start. And so our specific continuum of care, mental health, wellness, physical health. We have, I'm thinking about our our brand new Covenant House, New York, beautiful, beautiful residential facility that opened right there on site. We have a federally qualified health center with full state-of-the-art resources and support. That continuum of care involves workforce development career panels, education, training toward independence. So it's this combination of support services that focus on everything from mental health to substance abuse counseling, even legal aid for our young people so that their future becomes kind of the great promise of their lives and to essentially help them overcome those really steep barriers uh, toward independence and to help them to strive to achieve their aspirations. That, you know, it sounds almost so basic, right? Because every child, every young person deserves that, right? Mm -hmm. Every single young person. And to your point, Rachel, earlier that You know, so often when folks think of folks experiencing homelessness, they immediately, you know, there's like this image, maybe from the movies, right? Mm -hmm. That, you know, you think of, you know, kind of, you know, maybe someone gruff and older and and so Mm -hmm. forth, you know, you, you don't realize that you literally could be standing next to a 13 year old Mm -hmm. or a 16 year old Mm -hmm. right in front of you, who's not going to say to you, They may not even identify themselves as someone experiencing homelessness. They may identify themselves as, you know, my mom kicked me out because Mm -hmm. I'm pregnant. Or my dad, you know, said that I can't live here anymore because I I came out as queer Mm -hmm. or bisexual or gay or lesbian Mm -hmm. or questioning. Maybe I'm not really sure of my sexual orientation, but nevertheless, the adult in my household said to get out. And in that young person's mind, they may not realize 
the trauma that they're experiencing, but it becomes eroded over time. So in short, the continuum of care is rooted in not asking a lot of questions when our young people show up at our door, but just mm-hmm. saying, you're home now. We have a place for you and we're going to help you toward mm-hmm. independence. Do you need a safe bed tonight? Do you need a shower? Do you need a change of clothing? Yeah. And I think that that has to have a very opening and welcoming feeling to that. So I think that's great in itself of having those initial resources for people. Cause I think in a lot of people that I've spoken to on previous episodes that offer similar services or like are in different areas, it's always the same thing of like, you just don't know what someone's going through. It's never black and white. There's so many different scenarios that can happen and literally just giving that opportunity for people to like feel comfortable and trusted with you is the most important part. And I think too, like, it's just, it's so crazy because when I think of like in downtown San Diego, homelessness is mm-hmm. an issue. I used to live in San Francisco. That was a really big issue. So I'm thinking to myself like, yeah, maybe I was only thinking that these people were adults, or maybe I was only like seeing a certain individual, but then I think to myself, well, maybe their kids were in school. Maybe like you just, Mm, you have no idea. Like, and I, I think that's just doing this episode for me too, is getting me thinking. So like, I can really appreciate that. Cause again, like you just, you don't know what people are going through. And I think it's, it's so much easier to just like kind of have a blind eye to everything and like not assume things, but like this, these are actual issues that are going on. And I don't think there's any state within the United States that doesn't somewhat experience homelessness. (laughs) So like, it doesn't matter where you are. It's, it's always going to be an issue. It does not matter. Rural Mm -hmm. communities, suburban communities, urban communities, you know, very dense communities, as you say, internationally, it's really just everywhere. And if we don't address and support young people who are experiencing homelessness, and if we don't provide that continuum of care like we do at Covenant House, then guess what? You are going to end up, we will end up with more adults Mm -hmm. over the age of 24 and on who are experiencing homelessness. So we believe that through the work that we do at Covenant House, if we can, and through the, the, the tremendous support of our corporation partners and our individual donors who give generously and, and give whatever they have, because literally every single dollar goes towards supporting that continuum of care that I talked about earlier, it's going to make a tremendous, a tremendous difference. So I really appreciate Rachel, what you're saying that, you know, even, even this discussion today is, is kind of, you know, kind of opening your eyes. And I hope that your listeners are also experiencing that same type of awakening, right? Mm -hmm. To this, this problem. And the fact that Covenant House is, and we've been doing this for 49 years, we'll be celebrating or commemorating really, because, you know, we we don't want to celebrate you know, this, but we want to, we want to recognize that we have held this place in this industry for almost 50 years, right? Mm -hmm. So it's an incredible mission that we have at Covenant House. And I'm truly, truly, I have a heart of gratitude. We just came out of Thanksgiving, but think about that. Think of all the young people who were still out there on the streets, you know, unsafe during Thanksgiving and will be also during the holidays. So we want to um, reach as many young people as we possibly can across the 31 cities that we serve at Covenant House and across Mm -hmm. those six countries I mentioned earlier. That's really our goal because if we can do this kind of education that we're doing today, help folks kind of recognize the, the alarming statistics and that there are real lies behind those numbers. There are real lies behind those numbers and that each of us can play a role no matter how small or how great to support the work that we do at Covenant House so that we can help more young people. I want to touch kind of on like the legislation portion of what Covenant House does, because a question that I have for a lot of our guests is like, people who run amazing organizations like this and have great missions who want to help people, but our system isn't necessarily set up in a way to support these people. Like this is, it's kind of like a, not a full circle. It's more like a, like a 
downward spiral of Mm -hmm. if we had these resources, if we had that, these things like you guys are fighting for, as far as legislation goes, these issues might not be as alarming and these statistics might not be as alarming. So I, I would love to kind of hear like what you guys do and kind of what you guys are fighting to change within our system. Thank you so much. So again, Covenant House, our, our principles, immediacy, sanctuary, value communication, structure, and choice. Mm -hmm. And so our legislative team, uh, led by our wonderful CEO, Kevin Ryan, our legislative areas of focus involve trafficking of minors. And and we can talk a little bit, and I think it's important for us to really Mm -hmm. go back and define what what trafficking really is. But our legislative areas include legislation around trafficking of minors, foster care reform, uh, you know, we have we have so many young people who have kind of come out or you know come in and out of foster care, mm-hmm. um, employment and education programs, transitional housing uh, programs as well. So when we approached the the Congress, we entered uh, with uh, an advocacy platform highlighting how high the stakes are, how high the stakes are for. Um, the, the children, the youth, and the families uh, that, that we reach experiencing homelessness. So the fiscal year um, 2022 budget and the Build Back, Build, uh, Back Better Act uh, mm-hmm. contain many far-reaching provisions that we, uh, based upon those legislative areas that I talked about, from childcare and universal pre-care to youth employment and housing, are all areas um, that Covenant House sites across the United States are hoping to receive um, appropriations to support the work that we do. Mm-hmm. In fact, our CEO, Kevin Ryan, he was quoted uh, in an article about the Frederick Douglass Trafficking Victims Prevention and Protection Reauthorization Act of 2021. Think about that. We're still, we're still talking about slavery. And we don't, when we say, when we talk about um, trafficking, we don't recognize that there's a portion of trafficking when, in its full definition that describes slavery. Mm-hmm. So that's something that, that we, um, as an organization at Covenant House, we're, we're bringing forth as part of our advocacy platform and uh, really working on a bipartisan uh, legislation uh, that would provide $1.6 billion over the next five years to combat mm-hmm. forms of modern day slavery um, across the United States and across, around the world. That's amazing. I, it's, it's just, again, like if these are things that you don't necessarily think about, especially if like you're not in a situation where you're around it or like you've seen it. And I think it's so embarrassing that these things are happening. Like to be completely honest. But we can honest, do something about it, right? Yeah. That's the thing. It is mm-hmm. embarrassing. It is an, it, it, it's an embarrassment, um, you know, you know, you know, seeing how much wealth that we mm-hmm. have in this country. But if we, if we at Covenant House um, and and our partners, as we drive this 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 um, legislative platform around strengthening the nation's network of youth homelessness providers, mm-hmm. um, which means fully funding and reauthorizing the Runaway and Homeless Youth and Trafficking Prevention Act. Um, that supports flexible funding to shore up families such as the Emergency Family uh, Stabilization Act, uh, preventing and addressing trafficking, which means reauthorizing the Trafficking Victims Prevention Act, supporting young survivors and youth for trafficking in Mexico and Central America, and fix uh, the Victims of Crime Act, which needs a great deal of attention. Um, We're requesting full funding for federal appropriation priorities, which means supporting housing services development and supportive services like um, supports for youth facing uh, aging out of foster care. And then let's talk about systemic racism and its impact on homelessness. At Covenant House, 90% of our young people identify as people of color. 62% identify as African-American or Black. So we want to, as part of this this legislative platform, we also want to talk about advocacy equity, 
racial justice and safety for youth of color, which speaks to reform housing, justice, education, health, and other systems with documented uh, racial disparities and quickly, quickly pass uh, the child tax credit, um, which, what, which was passed, uh, fortunately, to move 1 million Black children out of poverty. So these are all, all of our agendas, and I would be remiss if I didn't also talk about international relief, Mm -hmm. um, the assistance to the Northern Triangle uh, countries like El Salvador, Guatemala, um, Honduras, to address the causes of migration to the United States, such as addressing crime and violence and extreme poverty. So we have an entire um, uh, organizational operational team uh, within Covenant House leading um, our voice uh, around advocacy, addressing systemic racism and understanding its impact on social injustice and housing instability. Mm -hmm. That I think, again, like the impact that you guys are making is amazing. And I think it's, it's great how, how far that extends. Like it's, you know, even though we know it's an issue in the United States, I think that's a, it's a very clear indicator of Covenant's House mission and who you guys truly are. I think that's great that other people are also able to get something from those resources. And I think people are able to benefit from it. So I think that that's amazing. This is probably like a bigger question, but when it comes to working internationally, how does that work? Because there's obviously different laws, there's different legislation, there's different, I would assume kind of, I don't want to say red tape, but there's probably some other like barriers that you guys have working in other countries. How does that kind of impact Covenant House? That's such a great question. Well, you know, shout out to the wonderful team that we have internationally in, in those, those countries that I talked about. Um, we have a fantastic group of national directors. And just as we have that continuum of care in the United States, we also have that internationally, right? Mm -hmm. So we have uh, drop-in centers. We have residential facilities in our international site. So it's, it's literally mirroring, but of course, curated, you know, specifically to the needs of that country or that mm -hmm. community within that country. Mm -hmm. So there, there really isn't a fall off in the, the type or the bandwidth of programmatic support that we provide in our international markets. The need is great. You know, I'm not going to, I, I really don't want to diminish the point. You know, mm -hmm. our young people in, in Latin America and, and across Central America, the, the need is just tremendous. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely tremendous. And, you know, we have just the, the most incredible programmatic team on the ground, understanding the communities, working with the families, and really embedded within the heart and soul of, of, of those countries. And I do want to, if you don't mind, Rachel, if I could just mm -hmm. highlight some of the work that we've done at Covenant House around human trafficking. Yeah, uh, of we participated in a multi-city uh, research study. And I, you know, I, I spoke earlier about the legislative arm uh, that we have on our platform addressing trafficking. And I want to start with the definition because, mm -hmm. again, it's about education. And I think if the more folks understand what we mean about trafficking, and it's not just something that, you know, you see in a movie, you know, mm -hmm. the term severe forms of trafficking in persons means, A, sex trafficking in which a commercial sex act is induced by force, fraud, or coercion, in which the person induced to perform such an act has not attained 18 years of age, and B, the recruitment, harboring, transportation, provision, or obtaining of a person for labor and services through the use of fraud, force, or coercion for the purpose of subjection to involuntary servitude, debt bondage, or slavery. So that's the definition. When we, when we talk about human trafficking, that's what we have to understand. So to better understand the young people who are coming out of that trauma of human trafficking, Covenant House partnered with two research partners for this multi-city study, uh, uh, New Orleans, New Orleans, New York, California. So UPenn, the, the Field Center for Children Policy Practice and Research, 
and Loyola University in New Orleans were our partners. And the 13 cities include Anchorage, Atlanta, Georgia, Detroit, Michigan, Florida, um, Los Angeles, New Orleans, uh, St. Louis, Toronto, Ontario, um, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Arizona, Washington, D.C. 911 youth from Covenant House were interviewed. 20% of those interviewed were victims of human trafficking. So our findings are as follows. 91% of respondents reported being approached by strangers or acquaintances who offered lucrative work opportunities that turned out to be fraudulent work situations, scams, pandering, or sex trafficking. 67% of our homeless females reported being offered money for sex. 21% of our young women and 10% of our young men being interviewed had been trafficked for sex. 27% of our LGBTQ youth reported experiencing consistent with the US federal definition of sex trafficking. 27% of our LGBTQ youth have experienced that. And 32% of the youth interviewed had engaged in some way in the sex trade at some point. 41% of whom were young females and 25% of young men and 56% of our transgender youth. So again, Rachel, the numbers, the statistics are staggering, but right. there are stories and individual journeys behind the numbers. And those are the young people that come into our residential facilities and our drop-in sites. Mm -hmm. And we literally say, we're here for you. What do you need? We don't ask a lot of questions. We want them to first feel mm -hmm. safe mm -hmm. and to know that they're in a safe place. And then once they understand that, then we can go from there. And we do. Again, those statistics are just, they're scary. They're extremely upsetting because it's again like I think you you put it perfectly is like these might be high statistics but there are actual people behind them so like for some you can read a statistic and it's kind of out of sight out of mind because you don't personally know these people but I mean you could you, you just don't yeah. know but I I think those stories I just can't even imagine like what that could feel like or what that experience could be like. And I think like for me, I, I know we'll get into a little bit later of like how you, people like us can get involved. Like how can, you know, how can we contribute to this? But it is extremely disheartening that those numbers are so high and those numbers are even a thing to be completely honest. I really wanted to ask too, like during COVID, obviously the last couple of years have really impacted a lot of communities. How have COVID numbers kind of looked to you guys? And how has, how has the like, overall pandemic really impacted Covenant House? I am so grateful for the question because I, and I don't say this in a braggadocious way. I say this in the way of truth. Covenant House never closed our doors to young people during the height of the pandemic or at any time mm -hmm. during that period. And we're still in the period, right? But I'm talking about specifically during that, that, that really horrific period from March 1st, 2020 through the end of February, 2021. We never closed our doors. And, you know, some of us, some uh, organizations that serve uh, young people, you know, they close their doors, not intentionally, but they just did not have the resources or the bandwidth to keep their doors open. So how did we do it? We moved things around, literally, right? We just didn't close our doors. We remained nimble, adaptable during that period. And, and we provided at our sites, I think the number was something like 690,000 nights of housing wow. um, with an average of nearly uh, 1,890 youths. We mm -hmm. estimated during that period, and again, I'm talking about March 1st, 2020 through the end of February, 2021, 1.7 million meals were served to our young people in residential and our non-residential programs, representing a 75% increase over the traditional meal provision. 75% during the peak 
of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we didn't stop and we'll, we'll never stop um, thanks to the generous support of individual donors and our corporate partners. And we just continue to, to essentially persist. And there are also families that we serve, right? We, we have our programming to support mothers with babies and infants, mm-hmm. right? And during that period, we cared for 360 young families, including 420 dependent children between the ages of zero and five in our residential programs. We supported, uh, I want to say it was about 1,200 young people in our residential programs who enrolled in the school year during that time period. So the pandemic, as, as we all know, Rachel, impacted employment and job opportunities for youth um, to varying degrees. And we know that unemployment, I, I want to say it jumped about 20% across our sites during that period. But nevertheless, our young people, I, the number is just over 1,200. We were able to help them actually obtain employment while in the care at one of our sites. So we continued, <laughs> we, we didn't stop. And yeah. that really is kind of really amplifies the incredible you know, programmatic team that we have, mm-hmm. you know, not just our senior executive officers, but it literally, you know, everyone banded together to continue meeting the promise of our mission, which is to reach as many young people as we can, to never close our doors, and to never turn anyone away, you know, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the last thing that we ever want to do. Um, right. And to always provide and demonstrate through the work that we do, you know, unconditional love, absolute respect and relentless support. And I know I keep saying like what you guys are doing is amazing, but it truly is. <laughs> I, I really think that pay, that probably played a huge role within just helping the community within this time during the pandemic, especially. And I think that must be a very comforting idea that you guys are still having your doors open during this time. Cause you know, there are a lot of people who had to close their doors and had, you know, were affected by that. So I think what you guys probably played a huge role in people's lives. And that's not even questionable, but I I think that's great. And I definitely want to hear more about like how we can get involved. I would also like to kind of ask if you know someone who's experiencing homelessness, how can you kind of be a, a support to that person? How do you be there for someone without wanting to invade in someone's business or make them feel uncomfortable? Oh my gosh. Rachel, these are all such great questions. So the first step is to, you know, listen to to programs such as this today, right? Mm -hmm. To really educate yourself and to understand the magnitude uh, of this problem and to almost kind of remove the blinders, remove the scales so that you can actually see differently and to recognize that that young person that you see at that same location every single day wearing the same outfit may be a young person experiencing homelessness, right? So what you might wanna do now that you know about Covenant House and you know that we're in 31 cities and we're across six countries, and even if we're not in the city that, that a young person may be, maybe Covenant House doesn't have a site there. If you can get that young person our website, covenanthouse.org. If you can just get them to the website, and as soon as you go into the website, there'll be a map of that that will come up, and it'll say, enter your zip code. You Mm -hmm. enter your zip code, you'll see that there's a, a site right where you are, or if there's not a site, we will identify either a site closest to you, or we will work with our other partners to try to find a place for the young person. Mm -hmm. So that's really kind of the first step is to educate yourself, become aware, listen to programs such as this, go to the covenanthouse.org website. We have a full range of resources and support. And I I think it's also important for you to know and for, for our audience to know 
is if a young person can get to our website or enter into their zip code and reach us and we're available, we will go to the young person. We actually mm -hmm. will have a team that will go to the young person. If there's a young person in the throes and trauma and crisis of trafficking or domestic violence situation, we will work with local authorities 24 seven to go get that young person out of danger. So it's so important to share this information, covenanthouse.org, get to that website. You know, you can go to the website, you can find out where our locations are. If our young people can actually come directly to us, you know, we'll start there. As I say, what do you need? Come in. Do you need something to eat? Do you need medical assistance? Do you need legal assistance? We, we'll begin engaging immediately. So that's kind of the, you know, I would say those are the kind of the first, I know I mentioned a couple of steps, but those are kind of the first several steps. Mm -hmm. And then I, I, I also want to share with you at Covenant House, we have a fantastic program that I participated in for the very first time. It's called Sleep Out. And Sleep Out mm -hmm. It's an event where individual people, just like you, Rachel, or, you know, corporation teams mm -hmm. um, or high school students, you know, will gather together for a volunteer effort and will create a sleep out team. And on one particular day, we will all commit to sleeping out. And we have designated locations and we do this not as kind of a, you know, oh, we're making believe that we're homeless. Mm -hmm. It's not that at all. It's to raise money, raise funds to provide that continuum of programmatic care that I mentioned earlier, all of those resources and to amplify and to bring attention to the crisis of, of homelessness. So mm -hmm. that program is called Sleep Out. We have a biggest uh, sleep out program takes place every single year in November. We mm -hmm. also have one in the spring. So I would say, you know, if you go to covenanthouse.org and you literally, you know, search sleep out, you'll get all of the information. And we have a fantastic events team that will help individuals as well as corporations establish a sleep out page. Um, provide all of the social media assets, everything that you need to kind of spread the word within your own community and your own network, or if you're in college or high school, or you work with an organization or a company and you want to create a sleep out team, we will help you literally every single step of the way to get a sleep out team up and running. And so we just finished our big November sleep out program. It was fantastic. I did it for the very first time this past November. And, you know, because I have two dear people in my life who once experienced homelessness and it was not, you know, they were on the streets, mm -hmm. they were couch surfing, they lived in a car. And for me to experience on a cold New York City night, it was cold mm -hmm. and it was raining and to sleep out. Even though I thought that I had a full understanding and appreciation and a sensitivity, when you actually sleep out, it just heightens and deepens your commitment to end this. Mm -hmm. Every single person, if, I, if you don't mind, Rachel, I, I do want to just kind of close out with this very important point as well. We all have to understand that every single person, every person deserves a safe place to sleep mm -hmm. and a hope and a vision for a brighter tomorrow. So our young people, homelessness interrupts the progress toward adulthood and a future of independence and self-sufficiency. Covenant House, our doors are always open to young people who need housing, who need help, regardless of their race, their religion, their sexual orientation, their gender identity or identity of expression. Our trauma-informed services help bridge the gap between potential and progress. And we also advocate for systemic change through public policy while promoting awareness of critical issues related to youth homelessness. I really appreciate you coming on here and you telling us all of this because this is an amazing way to learn more about the issues that are affecting young adults and young children in the United States and everywhere around the world. I think, again, what you guys are doing is great. And I think it's definitely something that I would love to get involved with more. And if for someone listening who might want to get involved, how, how can they do that? 
Yes. So first stop, covenanthouse.org. Um, mm-hmm. Visit our website. We're also in social media. You can find us on Instagram and LinkedIn. And certainly feel free to reach out to me. And I can put you in touch with anyone within our organization, whether it's on our public policy legislative arm, our corporate events team that works with corporations. And I can provide very specific information regarding how you might be able to give. And every single donation makes a difference and helps our young people. So you can reach me, Jay ray hyphen alexander a-l-e-x-a-n-d-e-r at covenanthouse.org perfect and we have that as well so if anyone needs it feel free to (laughs) reach out and i definitely want to see how our team could get involved in a sleep out i think that would be that would be amazing to do but yeah i i appreciate all your time and i'm so happy you came on this has been a really eye-opening conversation and I can't wait to see what our team can try and contribute to. And I think even just, you know, listening of someone who has the experience within Covenant House and within this area, I think it's, it's always great to kind of hear someone else's story and like listen from someone else. Cause it's again, like to me, maybe I only experienced certain things growing up in San Diego and seeing certain like I don't know. There's a lot of things that I did not think of before this episode. I think that's my <laughs> my overarching experience with this. So I think this has been really transformative for me. So I, I appreciate everything that you guys are doing and um, for you coming on this episode as well. Oh my gosh, Rachel, thank you so much. And, you know, when I hear you say that, I think, you know, together we accomplished what we set out to accomplish. And that is to educate, to inform, to remove the scales from our eyes and remove the Mm -hmm. blinders and to also empower your audience listening that there is something that you can do. You don't have to feel like, oh, there's nothing I can do. This problem is so huge and it's so big. No, guess what? There is something that you can do. And Mm -hmm. so visit me at my email or reach out to to us via our website, covenanthouse.org. And we will, you know, we're going to help you. And hey, listen, Rachel, you're going to have a sleep out team. So I'm going to work with you on that. And I'm so excited to hear that. I really am. I really, really am. Yes, I I will definitely reach out to you. And for anyone else who wants to reach out, I definitely don't hesitate to if this is something that you want to get involved in, or if even if you have questions, please, please reach out to Joelle. And if you need us to do that communication for you guys too, we're happy to. So thank you again. And I'm so excited for people to listen. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. See you soon. Yep. Bye. Bye.